and welcome to the Nightcap. Uh, it's our penultimate Ask Us Anything. Uh, we're going to do one this week and next week, and then Paul's open again. He's going to be busy as hell. Uh, yeah, too busy <laughs> to sit bad, down. That's the bad news, but the good news is that we should have guests back soon, so we'll be able to crack on with a, a little Series 4. Yes, great news. Yeah, really good. Uh, we were just saying, like, how shit has the weather been so far in April and May? Just like, it's I been know. dross. We had about three days in April, didn't we? And that was it. That was yeah. our summer treat done. Exactly. Last year, we had like an Easter bank holiday weekend, which was 27 degrees. And so far in May, it's just been like 10 degrees and just horrible oh. pub garden weather. I know. Typical um, when all you can do is eat outside. I know. It's classic, isn't it? Actually, I was talking to a guy in the world of wine the other oh, day. Okay. And he was saying how it's a bit of a problem in the UK and in France with like champagne and certain regions because um, the, there's been more frost this year than like there has been in decades because it's been so much colder. Right, oh, really? Yeah, right up until April, May. Like usually there isn't any frost anymore, but they've still been having frosts. Uh, I wasn't aware at all. Yeah, that could be affecting the cheers. The cheers grape. I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, but thanks again so much to everyone who sent in your questions. We're going to get to them in a second. First, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, some sort of news that came out over the last week about 11 Madison Park. Um, and I think this is quite, maybe not shocking, maybe a bit much, but um, basically no longer serving meat or seafood when it reopens. Um, yeah. It can be completely vegetarian. And yeah, well, what do you make of this? Yeah, well, I don't know. This, I think worth pointing out the strangest thing about it. So the menu is going to be completely vegan, but they've said they're still going to be serving milk in the tea and coffee service. Right, sure, not. Which just not. seems a little bit weird, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's already doing the classic, you know, letting things slip through the net. Uh, I know, I know. Yeah, um, what, did you, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, they're not the first to do it. Um, yeah, Alain Passard, did it although it was very dairy based that was more about vegetables and there was a lot of dairy and stuff used in it so it wasn't vegan and charlie trotter years ago did something like a lot of raw food and um it was some sort of raw vegan push there and that was quite Mm -hmm. big at the time but this is like for uh yeah because this isn't a good restaurant or a great restaurant this is like a world leader yeah this is like they were world number one like yeah yeah it's hard like, I wish them the best of luck, genuinely, uh, but it's hard not to be cynical about it. Mm. Um, I think so they are, like they are right. When you're at that level, I don't know what it's like to be at that level, but you are a world leader. You are, obviously, they're completely irrelevant, but they are always ahead of everything. They are ahead yeah. of the game, world leader, and that becomes their precedent Plays and how they panel. operate. So I think with all this changing, mm-hmm. it probably to them maybe it seems a bit strange to just go back to normal like how are they going to be different how are they going to be new how are they going to be beyond relevant and this seems like maybe that's part of the decision um and then also you've got um you know with great power comes great responsibility (laughs) spider-man yeah (laughs) um obviously they are a great power within the industry and a leader and they're trying to push this thing which i i don't buy into at all i don't think plant-based or vegan for the world is the future of the planet but i mean that's uh that's a whole other debate really sure um yeah so yeah it's hard not to be cynical i i think they'll be okay with it because it's who they are the the concern is people trying to follow it not being as good or as consistent as them and then you know their business is struggling and then going back mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. and it'd be interesting to follow and see what they're doing in a year or two years time if they're carrying on in that vein or they start adding a little bit here and there yeah, that's the that that for me was the first thing I thought it was that it was just like you know for a year or you know based off the back of you know some a lot of publicity and documentaries around this topic within the industry or whether it was going to be forever I don't know I mean so Daniel it's Daniel Hume isn't it his has he ever talked about this before or been a, a has he ever been do you know what I mean like before this has there ever been any noise from him around sustainability and cooking and being- um. As specific as this, to my to my knowledge, no, um, is in terms of vegan and plant-based food. To my knowledge, no. I mean, there may be something out there, but he's, he's never been the obvious candidate. I yeah. think that's why it's been such big news, because it's... Yeah. 
you know, he, you know, he like famous for a lot of dishes with meat basis. It's, um, it wasn't like, oh yeah, we thought it'd always go that way. Uh-huh. He, you know, he was always in the closet, and now he's, you know, a raging vegan. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, surprise to me in that respect, and it'd, it'd be interesting to see how. Um, what his restaurant in London does at Claridge's, mm-hmm. yeah. if, if they follow the same thing, I haven't heard anything about that. And if he's got any other sites, I don't know. I was trying to find out as well if he if he lives that lifestyle himself. I don't know. I don't yeah. believe so. Um, with with yeah, it just with being such a drastic change in the philosophy of the restaurant and mm. them having a Michelin star. Is it only how many do they have? Three. Three. Yeah. So will they? continue to have three despite a complete because it almost feels it, it does it's, it's, not, Michelin, isn't it, really? it's not a rebrand is it technically but it's uh i mean it's 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 almost as i don't know it's almost as if you decided right salt's actually going to be spanish now <laughs> it feels like it no it does it feels like yeah that. yeah well it's that that much of a change so, yeah yeah would they automatically it, their stars be retained that that's a fascinating thing to me it is and it'll be interesting to see what michelin do because and and how you view it if michelin say if michelin put them in at one or t- two for instance yeah then that could look bad on them saying oh they're against vegans they're against plant-based and there are you know people you could paint a new narrative on that against michelin couldn't you yeah um yeah so it'd be very interesting to see what they do i mean you know they're ridiculously talented and they've got a massive team um behind it so and the same sort of passion and effort and class is going to go into it so i mean surely it's going to be at the same freestyle standard Uh but i mean it might sound quite bad to say but you know that was next time I go to New York. That was on my list, but it's just not now. <laughs> but you're not curious for a different reason. I am curious, but yeah, people, I just some people say there's limitations with what he can do now. So we're like, um, pushing the boundaries more than ever before to try and. Yeah, they're they're going to have to be putting a hell of a lot more more into it. Yeah, but um, yeah, it does sound quite bad to say. I'd still go, and I've got nothing against it, but. Yeah. I'm just not as interested as I was. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> it's just being honest. I'm yeah, just, yeah, absolutely. I'm what, just, what, just not. What crazy sort of story. And and I wonder, lastly, whether it will influence other leading restaurants to do similar things. If it, yeah, well, and the, the other thing you do by any, doing anything like that, in which I mean, they're they're one of the best restaurants in the world, so they're going to be used to this. But yeah. um, when you when you make claims like that, what happens is you put a target on your back, yeah. like right or wrong. So like here we practice, you know, where possible to be sustainable and mm-hmm. economical and recycle, etc. and do the best we can. And nobody criticizes us for anything we don't do because we don't have that label. If yep. we were, yeah, yeah. Um, if our PR was about being a green restaurant and we did exactly the same, mm-hmm. then you, know, you use one plastic bag or you do, do one little thing wrong and you're going to be scrutinized massively but because we don't we don't have the michelin green star or we don't have any of these other uh, pr pushes that saying that's what we are Mm -hmm. then you're not going to criticize us for it yeah wow massive i mean it'll be so fascinating to see how it's received do we know when they're open when it's open from and when they'll be starting to do we know that i'm not sure i think it's soon but i'm not sure to be honest okay Awesome. Right. Let's get into some questions, shall we? Uh, first one here is from Jack, who says, Hi, guys. Thanks for all the brilliant pods. They've been a weekly staple for me. I had a question for the next, next Ask Us Anything. What's the deal with TV appearances? Do you get full control over what you want to cook? Are you given a brief and then suggest a dish? And is it always rehearsed? Um, I've always wondered. Thanks a lot, Jack. Really good questions. It is, yeah. Like that process. So yeah, start with that. Like, do you get control over what you want to cook? Firstly, so depends on the program Mm -hmm. and the the chef as well, I suppose. Um, So when um, when I did GBM, you have a a brief, obviously, as everyone knows. When you watch on television, there's only like a few sentences and a few buzzwords, but the brief is about three or four pages of A4 long. 
Really? It's fuck. It was ludicrous. So what, like, what that would be, would it it's almost like in some parts. It's almost like for me in my chef head, look, a, a lawyer had written it. So <laughs> it's kind of this, and then you can understand then why some people go off on different different tangents because you can take different things from it. Right. When you say to the viewer, a couple of like, a couple of buzzy sentences that are very direct. Some people are God. That's way off the brief. Right. If you actually read the brief, you can interpret it in many different ways, really. Sure, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they do it now, but that's that's how it was when I did it. And yeah. honestly, it was huge. I remember reading it and it just pickled my head. Yeah. So I yeah, to go with this. I'd love to get my hands on one of those, like four pages long about what it should be. Like, that is crazy. <laughs> I had no idea that was the case. Oh, it was, yeah, it was mental. And then... Um, you know, there was a lot of back and forth about what you mm-hmm. um, what you can do, what you can't do, the kind of dishes you can and can't. And it was a lot of, you know, you put a fish in and then they'd do some research. Like, That's not sustainable. And like, well, yes, it fucking is. Wow. And back and forth while I'm doing it. No, you can't do it. So there was a lot of that hassle. Um, and again, I you know, I can only speak about back then. I don't know what it's what it's like now. Sure. Um, and then obviously I had to fit the brief, and you had loads of chats about it. And then GBM, there was no no rehearsals, nothing. You're just straight in, cooking. Oh, wow. yeah, That's yeah, it. Turn up and go. You right. could do. You could. Some people were allowed to do prep. Mm-hmm. Some people weren't. What based on what? Just um, just I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask the people who run the show. They some of them, some of them did prep. I was told I wasn't allowed to do anything, and then I had to speak to them over and over again and say, "Look, you know, I'm doing a like a pig's head croquette. The pig's head takes three hours to cook, and then I've got or a bit longer, sorry, and then uh-huh. then I've got to uh, prep it down. And then I've got to press it and chill it, and then pan it. So I can't do that in an hour and a half. Yeah." So we had to work out a way of doing it. And they, they were just really like pushing me. Oh, you can't do this. I did a slow cooked neck. I did like some pork scratchings. And these all took a long time. Wow. But some people were allowed to do prep and some aren't. But Fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't have the answer to why. But mm. yeah, for some reason they had their favourites. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't one of them. <laughs> you weren't? I was not on the list. Yeah. Yes, still oh. not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. What about other um, shows? Is it a similar sort of thing or is it a lot more casual? Yeah, a lot more casual. Saturday yeah. Kitchen was uh, great doing that in the early days. The first time we're on it, obviously, they want to check over what you're doing. Of course, they do because you've not been on before. Yeah. Um, but as you do it more, that, that relationship and that just develops. Um, and then with, you know, we're doing James Martin. Is that great? That's great. They're just like, what do you want to do? Really? They're just like, yeah. what do you want to do? And you could just Yeah, keep... you know, they, they trust you. They're getting you on because they know you can cook and they know what you're about. The only t- the first time I did it, the only thing they said was, um, oh, Nathan Outlaw's on. So I just went, I'm not doing fish then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely little bit of pouting. And then after the break, we're also going to have uh, <laughs> pouting again. Uh, <laughs> classic. Yeah, and they, they didn't have to tell me. Obviously, they don't want it fish, fish heavy. Um, but, you know, don't, no, now it's come to the point. In the past, I filmed it um, a few weeks ago. It's going to be on this Saturday, actually. Mm. And, um, yeah, they just say, what do you want to cook? And then, um, that's awesome. you, you know, if, if there's clashes or if when the celebrities on there and, you know, if they don't like a certain thing, I imagine they'd just come back and you tweak things. But it's a real trust relationship. James, Mar- um, with Saturday Kitchen, there was rehearsal. Okay. So you get there about 6 a.m. Wow. Have a coffee. You go, you do the whole show. Uh, a producer pretends to be the celebrity. Wow. And then you have about a half hour break and then you go in and do the whole show again. Wow, I didn't realise that. That's quite intense. Yeah, because it's live. They just have to know where you're going to put things, how the dish is going to come together, and they go through some questions. So it's a very ad hoc, off the cuff kind of rehearsal. Yeah, got you. Um, but it, you so know, me not easy. doing live television, it helped. Yeah, I was going to say, did it put, it put you at ease actually rehearsing? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, James Martin. It's just what just that? just straight in and do it. It's so chilled. It's such yeah. a good show to do. That's awesome. What about timings? Because I guess like, but I suppose you as a chef would know anyway. Would they say right? You've got this amount of time. Like we need to make sure. Or again, they just trusting that you you sort of know what you're doing. Finally. Yeah, they'll. Um, you know, obviously it's re- it's really well controlled with Saturday Kitchen. They do do a really good job of it because it's live with no delay. It's got to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they've got a home ec team there. Say if you've got something that's braised for three hours, they've got the recipe, they've got the first, they've got it ready and done. You just put it in the oven, which is off, and yeah. then it'll go off screen. They'll swap it over, Fantastic. and you 
take the cooked one out. The so it works. Moment. And there's little cues, like when James Martin would do it, he's got someone in his ear and they're reminding him of the time. So there's little cues they give. So when he picks up the plate and puts it down, you know you're nearly ready to finish, so you better be ready sort of uh, thing. Really? So you're, you're little subtle clues as to where yeah. you're at, he'll do. That's yeah. pretty cool. Oh, I'm going to look out for that next time I'm watching. So <laughs> that means Paul's got to get it out of the fucking oven. With um, it's a, it's a different model which I really like with James Martin's show. It's it's filmed as if it is live, so your dish has got to be around that amount of time. Yeah. So it comes across real and not um, you're not stopping and then adding yeah. bits and doing new shots. But obviously it does go a bit over, so they will chop and edit and cut some bits out if they need to. But it's got that real live feel. That makes that makes a lot of sense because if you're if you're doing a pre-recorded cooking show, you could slowly just get into a thing of oh, don't worry, we'll cut that bit, we'll edit that bit, and then suddenly when you can overproduce together, it, can't you? Yeah, exactly that. It'll be like overworking a dish. Like just if you do exactly. it live, then uh, it sort of has a better feel when it goes out. Yeah, um, and you can get carried away with too many different sexy angle shots, which look yeah. great, and yeah. yeah. What about you personally? Do you feel, even though it's like your job and these are dishes you might do over and over, is there a part of you that goes, I am just going to get the ingredients in tonight and do it at home just so I know I've absolutely got it down? Um, trying to, no, I don't actually. No, I've, I've like, every time I've done James Martin, three times in the past year, I've done the dish up here just just before because it's all pretty much always been a brand new mm. dish or based on things I know that I've sort of put together yeah, or, do, yeah. or you slightly change for television. Uh-huh. And so I'd, I'd do them up here in the school and just, just have a little run through just so I, you know, I know it's going to fit in with the time really. But yeah, yeah. yeah so the, the, I did a quail dish for this one and cooked it outside, so, but I never actually did it anywhere because it's, um, <laughs> it's a pizza oven I cooked it in, the one in the back outside in his garden. Yeah, got you. And, awesome. I can't wait to see it. When do you say that one's going out? Uh, Saturday, the eighth of May. So this Saturday. Mate, this Saturday. Oh, perfect timing. Okay, great. So yeah. at the back of this TV chat, this is great because we can all see it happen this Saturday, two days' time from when people are listening. <laughs> yeah, and I'd never actually cooked a quail in a wood-fired oven before, so I didn't know how long it was going to take. <laughs> oh, did it turn out? Were you happy? Yeah. So just ten minutes before we filmed, I just stuck one in and just had a little trial, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm happy with that." It took what what I roughly knew it was going to. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I, I bet, and a slightly different. Is there? A, a, do you feel like there's a different taste when you've done it in the wood pile? Oh yeah, you've got a lovely char on top of that's it, like little blisters yeah. and that. You'll see it on the show. It's lovely. Oh. I just did it with a little salad of something. I can't remember what <laughs> asparagus. I think I can't remember. <laughs> there you go. Check out, check out <laughs> quail in the oven on Saturday. <laughs> Excited for that one, mate. That's a great question, Jack. Uh, next one here is from Mike, who says, what dish have you always wanted to try but never have? Tough question, but I can't imagine there is many for you. Is there of things that you want to have but haven't tried yet? Yeah, well, for me, it's more, you know, done legendary dishes done by the chef, Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, like... Uh, I've actually we've got some in today. We're actually playing with them for the book, but like pigs trotters by Pierre Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I've cooked them before and I've cooked the recipe, and it's very nice. Yeah. But there's something obviously very romantic about just having them done by him back yeah. in the day at La Tante Claire. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That you know, I would just love to have had the opportunity, or you know, going and having I can't think of many off the top of my head. Many many dishes at um, <laughs> Harvey's back in the day or going and having some of the legendary dishes at Al Bully when that was yeah. in the height of its fame, or get with Nomad, like all of those dishes that they did that the chefs was known for yeah, classic. in their environment, served at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's, they're the things I always you know look back and think, oh, I wish I could have had that opportunity. Yeah, of course. And I suppose like actually ingredient to ingredient, there probably won't be much that you haven't had, right? Not a huge amount, no, no. I don't, I don't think there is a lot I haven't had, to be honest. I'm going to shock you here. Because okay. I'm thinking about this question for me about something that I'd love to have and haven't. And I was trying to think of not regular things, but things that, you know, in, in nice restaurants you, you would have come across. And I realised that I have never had turbot. What? No, nope. never had it. Mate. Yeah. No Which way. Because, like, uh, I mean, oh, what's the best way to say you've been it? to restaurants when they've had it on, I assume. Yeah, yeah. You've but, just not gone for it. Yeah, because they, and they must have been a la carte menus. Yes, because any tasting—I've never had it on a tasting menu ever. Oh. And then, and then, 
most a la carte places that I I go to won't have it on. But I'm going like, and especially like you're not. It's not really a pub, is it, or anything like that? No. So I think it's always by chance, almost. I've never had it, and it's all. And I, you know, you see it on Great Britain. I think um, the the Christmas Great British menu, Niall Keating. You, yeah. It did a turbot in a giant old traditional. I don't even want it. It was like a big turbot dish. Mm. And I was like, I've never had that. Never had no it. Way. So that was a weird one. Can you describe what what sets it apart? Because everyone calls it like the king of. Yeah, it's, it's, have you had Brill before? Oh, uh, Brill is the closest okay. I would say to it. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's hard to describe. It's, it's meaty, but it's not. The flakes fall apart. A lovely, delicate flavour. Holds up to really strong flavours as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just got a beautiful balance of flavour and texture. It roasts beautifully, like glazes, lovely, poaches nice. Um, okay, yeah. done right it's lovely raw if it's done right and cut, cured and cut the right way mm-hmm. um, yeah I'll have to have you ever had it on at salt? yeah yeah we have it on quite a bit yeah yeah I was saying I was like I've never had it at salt definitely haven't um, yeah it, something like in the early days we never used to have on as much because of the, the, the price yeah, point and it lot. it was like we're a la carte we couldn't afford to put it on the a la carte because the price mm. we were charging sure. and we'd have it on the tasting now and again uh, if we knew we were going to sell a lot of taster, but now it's something that we'll get in because you know I know we're going to sell that much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you um, if you still come up, you were going to come up a party six upstairs, weren't you? Yeah, oh, we're definitely going to do that still. I'll try and sort some out for oh, then. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. This is my way of getting you to do that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> uh, cool. Next one's from Chris, uh, who says just wants well wants to know your opinion on private on the private chefing industry. It's, um, it's quite a strange question. Yeah, a bit of a really question, but because I, I, I don't really have it... an opinion of it as such, other than it's pretty boring in my experience. Well, well that, I think what I what I interpreted this as from Chris is more of a as a choice, you know, as someone trying, you know, making it in the industry. What do you make of it in terms of like, maybe not ambition, but I suppose it's just a very different way of it. It's a very different life for a chef, isn't it being a private chef. It is. I think that there's different sort of levels of private chef. Um, it's one that, in my personal opinion, will never, ever benefit or help your career moving forward. Wow. Ever. Mm. Why? Because you... generally you're working on your own mm-hmm. and you generally get you cooking for a family or something like that if you yep. are employed by one family. Yep. So you're eating the food that they want to cook. Sorry, you're cooking the food that they want to eat. Um, which is a lot of times home food. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure. It's quite, again, this is very generally speaking, um, yeah. not all jobs. No pressure. It's quite easy. It's You're not pushing yourself. You're not striving to yeah. improve and be better. Or you know, you're cooking for other people's tastes. You're not questioning things yourself and trying to improve them. I mean, you can do a nice job of it, but it's genuinely never going to benefit you or your career. It could be a good job. You mm-hmm. know, it can be well paid. Um good job that you could sit on in the hours sometimes not bad sometimes it's very demanding yeah i was gonna say sometimes some of the i i can't imagine like being at the, the beck and call of a do you know what i mean like that it's just it'd feel yeah. like i can't have a have my own life because i'm i'm literally almost as half butler half do you know what i mean it's yeah. bizarre I, not in all cases again but in some cases it makes it feel like you have to live with them and then never leave the house Yes, it was. I did it um, just for like a week or so before I was opening up Salt. It just through somebody I knew, they they'd lost their chef, and I went down, spent some time with them in Notting Hill in their house, and oh, wow. it paid yeah. me well. It was the easiest work I'd ever done in my life, and it was like nauseatingly boring. Wow. Because um, okay. I just. What was your brief from this? Was it a family? Yeah, so they just sent me the things I wanted. They gave me their um, Ocado account, and I just did an online shop. I could order whatever wow. I wanted. That's hilarious. Um, I should have done my home shop at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it says, see, you've done a stinner, but it says you've ordered bleach. Now that's uh, <laughs> 24 toilet roll. What are you? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's mental. So I suppose, so you just got, right, here's the Ocado account. None of us are allergic to anything. Surprise us. Or would they say, right, we want you. No, they, they like, kind of, because they were used to their chef and obviously didn't know much about me. They kind of told me the meals they wanted. So I made a plan and it's like they wanted this random, like, like it was a bit annoying because I'm not used to sort of being given the runaround like that. But yeah. um, they had they told me they just wanted some salad or something for lunch, and I was getting down there 
um, on the train that morning, mm -hmm. and the delivery had already arrived. Got made sure I was there early. Got this salad all made for like twelve o'clock, yeah. and the the mum and dad hadn't even got out of bed yet. Wow. Um, so I'd made it all up and then put it in the fridge, and then about two o'clock, the um, the husband come down and I told him he's like, oh no, I don't fancy that. I just want some beans or toast. Can you do that for me? What the? So, fuck? Yeah, you pay me a fucking lot of money here to do that. So mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, whatever, I do it. Yeah, I'm not going to moan. It's just like then that salad was sat there, and then they're just changing things all the time. And I, the work wasn't hard, but I'd got to work. Sausages on toast. Uh, <laughs> you make them dinner, and then you know, they they want it for six o'clock or something, and then they're coming down at five. Oh, can we have it now? Like. Uh, yeah, or, or then, or they're an hour late and stuff, and it just for something that's so easy, it was made very, very hard. Yeah, that's um, that is. and it was just so boring. Mm. It was so boring. What would you do when you weren't cooking? Would you be hanging out in their house? I was just cleaning the kitchen because I was so bored, and I had my laptop and I was doing some work because it was like a couple of months before we opened Salt, so I was doing a lot of work for that. <laughs> like, what I was gonna do is only certain yeah. amount you can clean uh -huh. and cook. Um, and the kids were at school and stuff like that, so there weren't much to do. And wow. the adults, they were just in bed all day, every day. <laughs> that is so mental. Do you know what they did? Or obviously, like you don't have to tell us, but like um, I, I don't think they did anything. I think it was inheritance money, I assume. Right. Wow. Um, that is fascinating. Not nice enough people, yeah. but just their sort of lives and points of reference were so far removed from mine it was hard to have a conversation with them <laughs> sure, <yeah. laughs> to be honest and i've had some friends that have done private chefing and you know yeah. they're again good good well paid but um, i had a mate who did it this is a topic in itself if we get a guest on yeah. in the next series that we know has done it for a time i think this is a whole this is oh a i think world. there's so many stories that come, yeah. come out of it yeah 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 but this guy would just be like, right, we're going to New York, and he'd send the chef out there a couple of days before, get everything ready, and then sometimes it just wouldn't happen, then they'd just get him back and stuff, and just, I don't know. And then some people I know that do it on yachts, and they're being woken up at five in the morning to make a grilled cheese sandwich, and wow. like because like they're drunk and they can't make a sandwich themselves. <laughs> but all those guys I know, it's really set back their career. They come back to this yeah. when they've done it for a long time. It's okay for a stopgap, but yeah. when they've done it for a long time and then they're like, right, I want to be a head chef now, then it takes a massive. They have to take a massive step back when they come back into the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet. And I suppose it's like um, not only because I mean I know it's like a light version of of it, but in the on like Master Chef and Master Chef professionals, those sort of things, you get some of those guys that have been private chefs. And then they come on the show. They're really good chefs. But then when they go to the, the rounds where they're cooking in kitchens, mm. the yeah. pace isn't there, organization, timing, like all those things you become somehow. It's like, it's, not, it's like not going to the gym for the year, isn't it? And yeah. then back in the gym and trying to do it. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. I'm not, I'm not really. A, it's not even really been for me. Right. But a good job if you can get it, the good money out there, and it's a good living, definitely. And you, some people get to travel the world. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Let's let's move on to another one. This is from uh, Great Handle, at Small But Mighty Ginge. What's one thing front of house do that winds you up the most? Uh, breathe. Uh. <laughs> 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 i'm only joking um i had to really think about this because it's yeah. hard because you know jack's great he runs a great team yeah. um and we don't have many mm. issues and me and jack get on well and the team get on well with him so there's not yeah those sort of like you know headbutting like i've had sure. Had for years. Um, is there a general gripe over the years, though, that's always like, how am I still having this conversation? Yeah, get, when you work in like lesser places and, you know, the same frustrations again. So, like, like a lot of chefs out there will be able to empathise with this one. It's, um, you, you'll know, and you build up, you might have 10, 15, 20 tickets on the board and you've sent a starter, you know you've sent that starter 15, 20 minutes ago, and you know that they are finished, and you're just, yeah. you're constant, because you want to send the mains, because you know you're getting a backlog, yeah. or the next course on the tasting or whatever, and you're like, uh, table such and such, are they are they ready? Oh, no, 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 they're still eating. <laughs> and then 20 seconds later, they'll go, oh, they've just finished, I'm just bringing it in now. Uh, no. Like, no, they fucking hadn't, they've been sat there five, 10 minutes with empty plates, Yeah. and uh, I've just uh, reminded you. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. or classic, or, or the, 
the other one around that would be you'd be checking and be like, uh, I'll just check. Oh, yeah, we've just cleared them now. <laughs> where's, where's the fucking plates then? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're just, and you look at the pot washer and the pot washer would be like, no plates come through here. <laughs> <laughs> pot washer, can't wait to st- stitch everyone up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's that instant, like, yeah. a lot of chefs are like it as well, like, instant blag, like, instant lie. They don't even think it's, like, subconscious, like, bank. Well, isn't that fascinating in itself, though, that the, the, the culture over the years has been, I'd rather lie to try and get, like, that's, that is, mm. that's hilarious, isn't it? Like, we'd rather try and, and a lot of, might even, because I've done it. I remember when I was, um, my first job was just pot washing and then waiting at uh, the pub opposite me when I grew up. Mm. So it was, like, 14, 16. I, I honestly think I'm a really honest person person i was lying to the head because i didn't want to be in trouble yeah. like, culture is it like this is this is, a, <laughs> this is how the industry has set me up yeah, yeah? and it's yeah. like mental that it, it's geared that way yeah <laughs> do not laugh yeah no there's all, all all sorts really you know you're yeah. thinking back but it's a lot around that or like blagging or like um you know when sometimes yeah the chefs fuck up sometimes front of house fuck up right and when i do uh or when i have i've always sort of held my hands up say if there's a delay on the table for my reason it's like oh right i fucked up just explain to them that the chef's doing it again or something like that yeah but when they've not put the ticket through or they've not given the order or they've missed a dish off obviously you produce what's on there yeah you know that they're going back to that table 90 percent of them and saying the chef's missed your dish, so they're just making it again for you. They're moving all accountability yeah. onto you. So they look lovely in front of customer, and oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. chef's a dickhead. Yeah, I've, done, I've done, definitely done that. <laughs> like, well, I, if I was six, 15, 16, I've definitely done that. Yeah, and I've caught people doing it, and I've had them about it. I bet you have. Like, just, yeah, just fully lost it. <laughs> Love it. Great question. Okay, next one here is from um, Chef H. Barker who says, I've got a trial interview coming up. Got any tips? We've talked about like um, uh, like coming into a restaurant and you know get, getting tasked with going and make me a dish and that sort of thing. But any sort of like last minute little tips or things you think would help him in a, an interview? Yeah, I mean, you get, there's so, so many. But I mean, it comes down to like getting there early, working as long as they need you to work and, you know, just getting stuck in and working clean and... Yeah. Um, a lot of people will say, ask loads of questions. And I've said to you before, mm. don't ask too many fucking questions because yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. really annoying. Sure. You've got to pick your moments. It's when, you know, just read the room and if the chef's busy or, or having yep. a word or something's going on or it's service, don't nitpick at him about the menu or something and, and ask little questions because it's most likely going to annoy them. Yep. Pick the right time and ask the right kind of questions. Don't... Um, this is quite controversial, and uh, people um, might kick back at me for this. Is don't straight away ask how much the money is. Hmm. That's a very relevant question, and obviously you've got a right to know. Yeah, but you can you will sort that out later uh-huh. on. Ask about the job. Ask about what you're going to get from it if you can move around the sections. What you're going to learn, and tell them what you think you can give to it as well before you get to that you know you yeah. talk about the money later but those sort of things it's just it sets the wrong precedent if you do it too early i think yeah no i think that's brilliant advice i don't think you should get much kickback for that because i think regardless of you know everyone at the end of the day everyone needs to earn money or wants to earn money yeah right that's almost a given like we're in a capitalist yeah. world so yeah. that is going to be on the agenda at some point but if you say it first it makes it look like you're in it for the wrong reasons or, or you're motivated yeah. by the money over motivated by the job itself so it's yeah. ordering those that just put it to the back of the pile basically yeah and the same with the hours as well it's you know that is important and ask that question absolutely but mm-hmm. don't make it your first one yeah you know talk about it but the yeah, end you'll get to learn anyway but don't yeah. it just yeah it just doesn't give an air of sort of commitment no sure brilliant advice love it okay next one here it's from Haley, actually Who's, who asked me to ask you, Okay. what's the meal you're most excited for but let you down the most? I really struggled with this. Mm. Yeah, because I can't can't think of any, and obviously I don't want to slag anyone off on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, re- yeah really, really, really struggled. Is there anything that you've been disappointed well, the by? Only, the only thing I could think of is nothing to do with good food, really. 
is, mm-hmm. you know, when you're really craving like a Mackey's. Yeah. Like maybe you're a bit hungover or you're just really hungry or you're on a long journey. You're just like, yeah, yeah, let's we get a Mackey's. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're sort of really looking forward to it. And then sometimes you get it and it's stone cold. Yeah. That pisses me off. Like the burgers, like it's all cold and it's sort of, it's congealed into one whole thing. Mm. That really lets me down because it's like, I'm, I, I'm, it's almost like I'm letting my guard down. I'm going to be dirty for the next hour and just yeah. have a really lovely, greasy <laughs> So it's like, if you're going to do something wrong, do it right. And when it comes a bit cold and a bit shit, you're just like, oh, what a wasted... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, like, what of? It's almost like I've wasted those calories. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, was, I was cheating on myself. I was cheating on my diet, and I thought if I'm going to yeah. cheat, I'm going to get with a really hot burger, <laughs> instead of a shitty, cold, boring burger. That's that's that that annoys me. It's like yeah. you do it wrong, or it to be right. Yeah, I know what you mean. And McDonald's fries are incredible, but when they're cold, they're, they're awful. They get soggy, and it's just like yeah. oh, you're so, and you feel even shitter because I'm just sat here eating soggy shit in a. In a service station, like fucking hell. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're rubbish. So that is the first thing I thought. Um, the, the only one that really sticks out in my head was when I went to, I staged at Two Star in Lyon. Mm. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about it. So I don't, don't want to slack them off. Sure. But I was going to eat there while I was there, but based on experience as I decided not to. Really? Yeah. I tasted the food in the kitchen and that was enough to be wow. honest. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was very poor. And it was well, it was like, uh, had a good reputation in Leon. Two, two Mission Star. Whoa. Really? Yeah. That is interesting. Two Mission Star. And it was, it was just like, it wasn't the, it wasn't to my taste, let's say. It was it was bad. Really? That is fascinating. I'll you know, uh, uh, give the, the answer to that after. Sh- they shouldn't have been serving some of the things they were serving, let's Good. say. Love it. Okay, next one's from Gary, who says, Are there any foods that are actually better shop-bought rather than homemade? Yeah, Branston pickle. Oh, good one. Without yeah. a doubt. Absolutely. Like, I've made it before. Uh-huh. And it's nice. Yeah. It's just not Branston Pickle. Yeah, it's not the same. You can't recreate that, can you? No. There's a lot of, are there a lot of condiments you could say that about? Like, if I... Would you... Mm. Ketchup yeah. even? Or not? Yeah, ketchup. Always, Sat used to crack me up. We used to do this um, lamb dish years ago when I was there. And he always used to say... It was a very tongue-in-cheek comment, but the key to making... And a good ketchup is adding a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and that was the recipe. We made this beautiful, like, um, <laughs> tomato fondue, and we finished it with ketchup. Wow. Like Heinz ketchup. And it didn't, you didn't taste it and go, that's Heinz ketchup. No. It just, it just finished it off. And it was, it was this lovely fondue, beautiful thing. But yeah. again, like, you know, um, I mean, homemade mayonnaise, I, I love homemade mayonnaise. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. But I do love a Hellman's. So I see them as two different things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good way of putting it. But yeah, Branson, and, that's Bob on that is. Yeah, yeah. Branson pickle. And Hellman's, it has to be Hellman's. Heinz mayonnaise is just weird. Mm. And I don't like gem- I don't like cheap mayonnaise. You know the ones you get in kebab houses. It's watery. Yeah. Oh, the watery. It's got to be Hellman's. Yeah, but I also get really suspicious of ones that are so they're almost like jelly. They almost wobble. <laughs> yeah. and, and ones the ones that freak me out the most are the ones that are jet white. You know when they're yeah. like they're so white they look like um they look like polyfiller. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not. What is it? Is there any? Yeah. Is there even eggs in this? I don't know what. <laughs> it's just a very. But yeah, pr- pickle is a brilliant answer. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other. Like Marmite is the same. Mm. Um, you know, obviously people don't make that at home, but um, I'm trying to think of some others really. There's bound to be a few, but condiments, condiments yeah. definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't go to the effort of making them at home. I'm with you there, mate. Okay, last one of these before we move on to a couple of cowboy stories. Uh, Tracy says, are there any basic skills or techniques that you still have to Google once in a while? Uh, yeah, there, there is. Like, yeah. I th- yeah, I think um, I think a lot of chefs would be too proud to admit this, but mm. you do. Not, not, not basic stuff. Basic stuff tends to stay with you, sure. like for me, because especially if you've done it loads and loads in your career yeah. and then you might not do it for a few years, yeah. you just do it straight off the bat. Like, say, for instance, like turning vegetables, right? I'm not a fan. I haven't done it for years, but I used to do loads as a commie. Yeah. So I could just close my eyes and do it now, and I think they'd be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that and turning potatoes and things. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's things that you'll never forget, like jointing out a chicken or yeah. whatever. But there's there's things that um, that are more technical. So for, 
for the book. I've, I've been revisiting some classic stuff and some things that I haven't done for a long time. So yeah. although I know how to do it, it's like I just need to double check that. So I did a galatine of chicken. Do you know what galatine is? No, no. So essentially you so you turn the chicken upside down. Yeah. You bone it out from the back. So you basically take all of its cavity out. Yeah. So you can okay. put it back together as a whole bird with no bones in. Ah, okay, got you. Okay, so oh, it's quite that. quite technical. And I've done, yeah. for the book, there's about four or five pages on this. So we've done step-by-step photos and description how to do a galatine. Yeah. Um, oh, that does sound so hard. Yeah, so I just double-checked over that again, just to make sure. Because I'm, you know, obviously putting this into print. I want to make sure that I'm doing, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> delivering it right. If you give me a chicken and I hadn't done it, I'd, I'd work out and do it. But I thought, I'll have a quick check. Ref- more of a refresher. Like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. that's it. And then... Got straight in, did it, had a little run through, happy, then did it for did it for the book. So yeah, things like that, yeah, you you definitely have to. But the other stuff, like opening an oyster, like if you've done that as many times as I have, then you'll never need to do it again. Opening a scallop. Yeah. You never need to check. Like um What about but, in the kitchen? Is there any like, you know, one of your chefs or one of your team will turn and go, sorry chef, how do you do that? And then and then you're like, Oh, uh, I'll just nip the loo. Uh, it hasn't happened off my head no okay um but it it probably it it probably has i struggle to give examples but that probably has Um, yeah oh yeah 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 (laughs) just give me five i've got a phone (laughs) my phone's ringing and then come back it's like very like david brent when he goes off doing the um quiz questions and comes back are you reading this no (laughs) Uh, uh yeah that's class okay Great questions, guys. We've got uh, several more that we'll get through next week on our final Ask Us Anything before we sort of resume doing the series later on this summer, which is very exciting. We've got a couple of a couple of cowboy stories for uh, you, Paul. Lovely. Uh, one from Stefan here, who sent us a picture of like a briefing menu uh, yeah. and a message saying, um, this guy, he'd sit us all down give us a briefing on each menu. You can imagine the reaction of the rest of the kitchen when he hit us with these specs. And then he sent us a spec. (laughs) Gin and tonic sorbet, right? (laughs) And then underneath it says, one tub of lemon sorbet, (laughs) 100 ml of Eden Mill gin, pierce holes throughout the lemon sorbet and drizzle the gin throughout. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they've actually but, taken the time to write this as a fucking recipe yeah yeah the fact that they've put it in black and white is almost it's always it's bold isn't it it's li- yeah because cowboy normally a cowboy method is like you know sneaky you know, done around yeah. the back you know out the back of the saloon doors this is putting it in print for the world to see i mean that's yeah he's he's trying to catch us off guard and be like oh well perhaps he's actually not this yeah. looks official <laughs> yeah. it's in black and white this, this is a recognized <laughs> technique yeah that is outrageous though right that's fine. that's a that's appalling like any recipe <laughs> for something where you need to get it bought in to make that thing so how do you make a sorbet you buy a sorbet yeah yeah <laughs> and then add gin to it that is class <laughs> it's almost the, if you were a lazy cook that is the dream if it said that in a Recipe yeah, book, you know, think, oh god, I got to make okay. Well, buy sorbet, add gin. Fucking brilliant! I'm a chef. Brilliant. <laughs> good. Uh, okay, next one here is from Damon, who says, "Hi guys, love listening to the cowboy stories. Brought back many mem- so, uh, repressed memories." Oh, okay. When you talked a about a Boer Manny last week, yeah, Boer Manny, uh, Manny A. I think it's spelled it wrong. It's not me. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of my old head chef and how he used to make bechamel he would boil a pan of water then add cornflour slurry to thicken it to a wallpaper paste consistency then add cold milk and the dreaded salt and pepper mix black pepper mix also before chargrilling any piece of meat he would dip it in the fryer first what the fuck besides i'll say yeehaw keep up the good work demo that is absolutely what a gutter chef that is that is that doesn't even that's that's beyond cowboy. That's just a dirty, dirty bastard. Is there anything beyond cowboy then? What are we saying to them? So people be like, you're what? Like a cowboy, you're, you're, I don't, oh, I don't know what. <laughs> just that's just horrible. So bechamel, it's gluten free bechamel, that isn't it? Yeah, that's out. Yeah, but he started it with water. Yeah, so added cornflour. So he made a thickened water with cornflour, then added milk. 
That is mental. I don't even know what that is. Why? (laughs) Oh, it's disgusting. (laughs) It's going to be so, like, glossy and... I don't know, it looked like a big big pot of jizz. See you. See your face in it. (laughs) And then, then obviously, you had to finish it off with the cracked black pepper and table salt mix. Salt and black pepper. It's got all this... It's got this bechamel with these chunks of fucking black pepper in it as well. (laughs) Sorry, I said bechamel then. This this funky, junky, weird shit. Yeah, don't call it Oh, my God. And then deep frying steaks first. Why? What the fuck is that for? Why? For char grilling any piece of meat. Is that what? Is he trying to quicken up the cooking process? I don't know. Or perhaps he's seen on telly how, you know, like, instead of oiling the pan, you oil the steak a bit. It's like, oh, I'll do it even quicker. I'll hit in hot oil. (laughs) Cover it all. Um, I'm a clever bastard. Unbelievable. However, this guy... Dirty. Provided Damo and us with some great content. Oh, it's just a rodent. That's what he is. He's a rodent. (laughs) And and signing your cowboy stories off with Yeehaw, I think, is the way forward. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I absolutely, I didn't miss a trick there, Demo. So anyone else sending cowboy stories here forth, please sign off with Yeehaws. Very much appreciate that. Also, I should, I haven't got it up in front of me, but someone was having a massive go at me on Twitter saying that I should have been slated um, for my garlic, raw garlic over the bread. But, oh, right. Who was that? I can't remember. But I think that's, I think it's fair. I think I think the difference is is that it's I'm it's not for a paying public. I'm at home. Yeah, yeah, we established that at the know. time as yeah, well. It's yeah. it's not cowboy if you're doing it for yourself. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't just... come. I wouldn't come and, and you know mm. do a trial at salt and serve <laughs> serve your guests <laughs> bread with rubbed raw garlic over it. I mean that no. would be next level. But at home, let me do what I want. You know. Yeah. No, Fair enough. I could even make this weird bechamel thing that this guy did. <laughs> you should try to recreate these and then actually like, oh, that'd be a great... Doing the cowboy method and the real method and then serving them blind tasting to people. <laughs> that'd be fucking brilliant. I'd love that. A day Imagine that. if people preferred the cowboy. I'd just retire. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd get my restaurant keys and just throw them at That's them and brilliant. say, keep it. We'll keep do it. That. You do all the proper versions. I'll do the cowboy methods and we'll get a whole <laughs> restaurant full of people. We'll say, right, guess who's yee-hawing? Yeah. Oh mate, love it. Um, awesome. Uh, oh, what I was going to ask you before we sign off here was, we've got people are listening on Thursday the sixth of May. If you downloaded this, so we've got how long? A week and two days to you open. Is that right? A week and a day. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks and a day. Two weeks and a day. Yeah. So twenty right. first of May is when we reopen. Awesome. How I want to know how many dishes on the have you designed the menus yet? One and then second, how many of them will be side boobed? <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of feedback about side boobed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My guys in the kitchen were loving it as well because <laughs> like, they just know side yeah. boobed. No, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's not about the boobies. I haven't listened to previous. But basically, this is. A term used, a shortcut term, yeah. For food that's served on a plate, but it's sort of hidden with, like, say, some, you know, I don't know. Well, it can't be a some, sauce, can some, it? a nice leaf of yeah cabbage or lettuce. So yeah. there's a little bit of the good stuff showing, but yeah. just enough so the areola and nipple isn't showing. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> side boot, side boot. So have you got plans yeah. to side boot in the next? The- um, we haven't specifically, but. Yeah, I feel like I need to like crowbar some in now. <laughs> I think you should. Because this is what I really, this is my dream. This is the dream. Okay. I want um, guests to come and eat at Salt, mm-hmm. compliment you slash the waiter on yeah. the side boob. Yeah. Like, I just want to say, you know, congratulations on an amazing side boob. And then your, you know, we've, we've, this is tying lots of things in the podcast together. You know, we talked about your, your chalkboard you've got in the main. Yeah. We start a tally on there of side yeah. boob. And then once we get to like 50, whoever the 50th person is who compliments you on the side boob gets a free glass of Guzborns from the podcast. <laughs> that is my dream. It's a good idea. There's one potential, like, just thinking about as a, you know, a restaurant owner and an employer. Yeah. Um, if um, I have a young waitress in and they go, oh, lovely side boob to the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know what to do. Backfired. Yeah. Only <laughs> Jack. You can only say this to Jack. Yeah. There's a lot of rules, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jack would be flattered. I, lo- I love that. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any? Uh, like, is the menu? We've, have you looked at the menus yet? Are you happy with stuff? Pretty much. I've been through it with the guys, and um, this is our last week of takeaway at home stuff this week. Thank God. Uh-huh. Um, Are you over then- it? 
yeah i mean i don't do a lot of it anyway i let the guys do it um mm -hmm. i'm obviously i'm working on a lot of other bits and bobs um but yeah it's just annoying now in the delivering <laughs> and because it's just dragging on and we're not selling many now with places being open yeah uh, next week is development and just getting stuff ready mm -hmm. um the guys have already like laura and gibbo they've already come with a few dishes that are really really nice some new things on the menu and i told you we're changing the cheese so it's going to be a dish now yeah i'm really excited extra. That actually yeah that sounds awesome um so yeah it's pretty much there i need to sit down with laura and go through it over the next couple of days and just make a plan uh, to come back there'll be some things we've done before ish yeah. some things that are brand new and we yeah, we'll go go from there Ooh. no uh we've actually like going back to the conversation earlier about 11 madison park we've actually gone in the very opposite direction to them and we, we've yeah. stopped stop serving vegans yeah yeah so no vegans available or or um you know dairy allergies and tolerances as well mm -hmm. that's fair mate you know i mean yeah. I, there's not too much to talk about when it comes to this but i think you know the the obvious thing is that there are millions of restaurants out there you choose where you go to you're not obliged yeah. to do anything it's just like art isn't it you could just do what you want and if you yeah, eat it, yeah you i think and great that's it it's as simple as that yeah and it's a shame for a lot of restaurants that that, that can't do that 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 want to but you know they have this massive pressure but you know fortunately we're in this place that we've well, it's not fortunate we've built it into that yeah um you know where we are very niche and we can do that and the way i see it is we set our stall up this is what we offer and then people choose to come or not yeah exactly you know i've never wanted to be everything for everybody no sure that and that's that's your right isn't it and that what yeah. makes it even better i think because you uh it's unfiltered you could do, you know you're going for whatever you want to do you're not compromising for mm. you know let alone doing like pre-theater menus because you're in stratford you know you're just doing exactly your vision and that is what rest every restaurant should strive to try and do one day yes exactly beautiful great note to end um please rate and review us on all the usual podcast places that always does help i always feel guilty for not saying that enough but it really does so mm. yeah it's great yes, that you're it, but if you can give us a five-star rating please do it it will help boost our sort of like exposure to the rest of the world um, yeah absolutely on the at the nightcap underscore pod handles on instagram twitter etc etc and we will bring you uh, our last ask us anything next week before hopefully we start series four booking which yeah i can't, I can't wait to get back to popping a bottle of gusborne's open with a with you and a, and a guest upstairs it seems i like know and a talking in, in the same room, room. yeah yeah <laughs> I think it's going to be socially awkward because we'd be so not used to looking at each other in the eye. We'd be like, <laughs> what to do? What to I'll, I'll, I'll be right after a few glasses of Gisborne. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I'll see you next week, buddy. Yeah, good to see you.